Welcome to the first episode of Better Church Incorporated. My name is Jared Graff, where we have, and here at Better Church Inc., we have conversations about the church today for a better church tomorrow. And it is my honor and pleasure for our first episode to have not only has he been a great pastor to me, not only has he been an awesome boss to me, but he has been such a dear brother mm-hmm. and a dear friend to me for so mm-hmm. many years. And that is the man, the myth, the legend, Ryan Lundy. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. Here he is. Oh, my goodness. Well, Dude. thanks, bro. This, this is awesome. Heck yeah, bro. This is crazy. When you said, like, recording a podcast, I was talking earlier, like, I was like, I was envisioning just you and me in your <laughs> house, you know? But then I come to the studio and it's like... Whoa, you got a whole production, you got Matt, you got a whole team. It's like, dude, the Lord provides. It's awesome. It's <laughs> awesome to see. I, I was thinking like, hey, microphone in the middle of the table. Yeah. We'll just talk yeah. and we'll just make it happen. But dude, <laughs> Matt, shout out to Matt. He's yeah, an man. awesome dude. Just helping us and uh, letting us use his studio to record. So yeah, here dude, we are. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. Dude, Lundy, for for our audience, <laughs> tell us about yourself. Tell, tell me like, dude, what's your story? Where, where are you coming yeah. from, man? Who are you? Who am I? Uh, that's a question I'm asking myself every day. Who am I? <laughs> um, so I serve currently as the young adults pastor at Emmanuel Faith Community Church in Escondido, California. Um, been there now for almost six years. It'll be six years this October, which is wild for me to think about. Dang, I know, dude. I know. Um, so married to my wife. We got married in lockdown. So three years ago this October as Heck well. Yeah. So October is like a month of a lot of significance for me. Um which is weird because I'm not like a big like Halloween fan. I was going to say. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I, 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 but yeah, October is like a day of a lot of beginnings for me so, for some reason. So Heck yeah. Um, yeah, so then, so I served there. Um, I mean, beyond that, like it's uh, been a wild ride. Um, do you want me to like give my, I mean, how much of my story do you want to share? Yeah, uh, well, well, honestly, I really want to know, you know, your journey. So you've been at this ministry for six years, specifically at yeah. Emmanuel Faith, right? Uh-huh. But even prior to that, like, how did, how, how have you come to faith? Like, yeah, what, what's your journey been like just leading up to mm-hmm. uh, getting into ministry? Mm-hmm. Uh, man. Well, okay. So I'll, I'll try to give as much of like, the synopsis and then maybe we can like zero in it or maybe I'll just start rambling. I don't know. So I came, so I'm raised in a Christian family. I was raised yeah. in a Christian family. My dad actually is a new Testament professor. He teaches at Biola university. Yeah. I hmm. was, um, I was, I just applied there actually. No, you didn't. Yeah. yeah you just did. applied at Biola. Did I not tell you what? This? Yeah, bro. No way. Yeah. Well, For, yeah. Dude, that, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Okay. Very yeah, cool. dude. No way. It's, okay. It's exciting stuff. I look forward to he, hearing more about that. That was funny. Okay, cool. Well, shout off out to camera, Biola. Off camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biola's <laughs> a great school. Um, so my dad, I was born while he was finishing up his PhD. Um, and then, uh, so I was raised in that family. My earliest memories are of college campuses. My mom was an RD. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like that adorable RD baby that could like run into dorm, room, dorm rooms and be like, I'm adorable. Like, love me. And just R- interrupt everybody. RD you know? stands for? Sorry, R- RD stands for resident director. Okay. So if you're a resident yeah. assistant, so you have students that are resident assistants, the RD oversees all of the RAs. Does okay. that make sense? So okay. they're kind of like the married, older, wiser person to supervise everybody. Heck yeah. So then, yeah, I was like, so I was running in the mix. My dad was a grad student at uh, Trinity in Chicago. And then my mom was an RD there. So I was raised in that okay. family. Yeah. Um, and then 
uh, at nine years old. No, well, nine years old is when I prayed the prayer. My mom yeah. says I prayed the prayer when I was younger. I prayed the prayer when I was nine. Um, and so I think that would probably be about the time that I would begin say, okay, I started my relationship with the Lord somewhere between four and, four and nine. Um, mm -hmm. But really when my, my, my dad got the job at Biola, we relocated from the Chicago area to Orange County. And that was the first, I was in seventh grade. So that was the first experience in my life where I was like, wow, God's will is not my will. Like mm, at all, wow. yeah. very much not. And so I hated California when I came here. I, I couldn't stand how, <laughs> I could not stand how dead like the wildlife or like the landscape is. It's like very drought, you know, shaped by the drought. Palm trees. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> well, and like the thing about palm trees, right? It's like they get like gross and nasty and they get all those like palm fronds that like, dude, you know, so. It does not compare to a good pine tree, dude, right? right? I, I know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and like green and water, you know, like that was like, <laughs> that was what I was used to. Water doesn't that doesn't poison your blood veins when yeah, you try to drink yeah, it. Yeah, right? exactly. Like the Los Angeles River, right? It's like a canal Dude. that's like concrete. So, <laughs> anyways, yeah. So I hated it, um, and then and you uh, came here. When was that? So that would have been about two thousand and three. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, in into Orange County, um, really hated. Just a bitter, angry seventh grader, angry at my parents, angry at myself, angry at God. <laughs> it's not Don't, a phase, mom. No, dude, it was like a <laughs> lifestyle. I was an angry, bitter child. Um, and uh, the Lord really met me powerfully through a youth pastor. So mm, I have yeah. very little, I can really, I, there's a lot of gray memories that kind of merge together in seventh grade because your brain does that when it's like a traumatic experience or whatever. Um, but I really, really remember my conversations with my pastor. Really? Yeah. Brenton Fessler. Shout out to Brenton. Heck yeah. Brenton. Honestly saved my life. And I didn't really realize it, uh, even for the longest time, really. I mean, being a, being a pastor is usually a thankless job. And I think mm. you should probably expect that because we are, we are supposed to work for one and yeah. there's, we're not doing it for the approval of man. Mm. So, I mean, like, but shout out to Brenton. I, I, I recognize now just how much he did for me. Um, Dude, I mean, we all have kind of those like father-like figures mm -hmm. in our faith, right? Mm -hmm. And like, that's such a beautiful testimony right there. Mm -hmm. Dude, like, I don't, even despite like growing up in faith, even like growing up in Christian family, there's oftentimes people outside of our family who just like, hey, that, yeah. It clicks now. The yeah. way that you're telling it to me now, the mm -hmm. way that you're investing into me is like, mm -hmm. dang. Oh, totally, man. And I think it has in some ways come outside your family. I mean, you can yeah. have that within your family for sure. My dad and my mom, they did their, they did a great job of passing on the faith. Cause, mm -hmm. and that, and that really was like after, after Brenton, you know, really powerfully personally modeled Jesus for me. Um, I was open to the Lord to trust him in my circumstances. Mm. So mm. your character, God, is what I trust in, not my circumstances, mm. right? And mm. I think that that's just a constant lesson of life that really separates the the men from the boys, separates the sheep from the goats, right? The the girls from the from the women, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's gonna it's it's something that life just continues to throw at you. Um, so that was the first time I made that conscious decision and that really reunited me with my parents. So I've got a great relationship yeah. with them now. Um, and I put them through the ringer in other times, but <laughs> praise the Lord. As we do. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so all I have to say, that was how I met the Lord and really met my best friends, my community during that time. Um, and then from there, I had a lot of buddies in high school that were atheists. Okay, interesting. So names that really kind of um, 
I don't know, depending upon they've got, they've gotten big. They've also gotten smaller, but like names like Richard Dawkins, Christopher Hitchens, these these are Sam Harris. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. These were the guys that were just starting to break on the scene in a new way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of my friends in high school were more of that crowd, right? They were very, very intellectually active, like thinking deeply. And so I was really in some ways the only Christian in that community, in that friend group. Um, and so they were like, Ryan, why do you believe this garbage? And I was like, I mm. mean, what are you talking about? This is, why do you believe that garbage? Right? Like in high school, you don't know how to have like a good conversation. So, so then I started doing some deep dives online, which is a funny place to do research, you know, um, 4chan, yeah, right yeah, exactly. And which is also a very liberal at least at there in that time, a very unbelieving, yeah. very dark place for a believer. But I really got exposed to a lot of apologetics during that stage. Okay, yeah. My mind really woke up with William Lane Craig. Um, mm. uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, oh, goodness. Why am I blanking on his James name? James Piper. Uh, John, sorry, Piper. John Piper. Yeah, somewhat him. Timothy but um, William Lane Craig, uh, more than a carpenter guy. Why am I not? Uh, oh, gosh. Um, yeah, more than a carpenter. Oh, oh, Carl Strauss? No. No, that's... Gosh. Ah, it'll it'll come back. Josh to McDowell. Josh McDowell. Yeah, okay, Josh cool. McDowell. Yeah. Oh, or Sean okay. McDowell. One of the two. I can't remember. It's a father son duo. Yeah, Sean's the, the son. Sean's the son. Okay, yeah. so Josh McDowell. I read more than a carpenter. Read uh, um, uh, Lee Strobel's book. Mm. Um, Lee Strobel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Case that's for Christ. Case for Christ. Yeah. Um, and then William Lane Craig as well. So I really got into apologetics during that stage. I really became the village apologist in high school. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, I was ready. You know, so I went through my apology. ready to provide an answer. Yes, very much so. <laughs> I, so I'd like share videos. I'd do all sorts of things. It was kind of like, you know, it was a, it was, it was a wake up call because my brain was waking up. I'd gone through kind of like the emotional journey of like junior high Ryan and not, mm-hmm. and not knowing whether or not I believe personally. And then my mind caught up to that. So then I was like, you know what? I really enjoy this stuff. So my relationship with my dad really, really became a new, it was a new relationship. Wow. Okay. Because my dad is being a professor at Biola. At Biola. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, like, we really connected in that because I would be talking with him about this. My dad had his own skeptical stage when he was in, in college and then he came back to the Lord. So then he's really like engaged with that stuff as well. Hmm. Um, and so that's really part of the reason why he teaches is, is to help students. Part of the thing is to help students foster the, through that process. So we really, we really bonded in that. And then I was like, huh, you know what? Like I was thinking about that time of colleges. I, I was, you know, I, I, I didn't know what I was wanting to do. Mm. But I was like, you know what? I wonder mm. if Biola, because Biola's got a lot going for it. But one of the things that is really good for it is the, the biblical studies department there. Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. is extremely good. Um, is that what you're going for? That's, yeah. My that's, man, I'm so, studies, I'm go, so pumped yeah. to hear about that. Let's okay. go, man. Yes, sir. That's awesome. Yeah, um, bro. Hey, finally taking that step down. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> okay. Um, so I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to give it a shot. So I went to Biola, um, and originally I thought I was going to teach. I did the biblical studies program there, and then I did also what's known as the Tory program there, which mm. is like their... It's like a great books program. Okay. Um, both are very good programs. Um, so it was like an honors program there was, okay. was what Tory was. And so Tory is like the the extra add-on. It's you like do. yeah, you can do it basically replaces a lot of the gen eds for a great books kind of Socratic discussion format. So you mm. read some of these like right. you know, classic books. Essential and just, texts and stuff like that. In some ways, okay. yeah. And then you just discuss it. And interesting. It is a beautiful program with a lot of beautiful people. So 
Um, really benefited from that. Like, the, is this all like theological studies as well, or like biblical no, study? No, so this is generic. So this oh, would okay. be like um, general ed. Yeah. So you start out with the program that I was in. There's two basic houses. One of them is Morgan House, which is if we're really getting into it, man. Sorry. Oh, we're is getting this, into is it. Is this good? Is oh, wanna, this is great. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Morgan House is more chronological. So you start with Homer in not from The Simpsons, but from Greek mythology, <laughs> or from Greek, right? <laughs> Every, I, the first time I was like, yeah, I was like Homer. What? <laughs> he wrote a book. I love that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. I was like, dang, I had no idea. Um, so then. You start with Homer, the the Alien, the Odyssey. Mm -hmm. um, if mm -hmm. you've ever seen Troy, like, yeah, uh, okay. So yeah, that stuff. And then you go from Plato all the way down to modern times. So you go kind of the sweep yeah. of history. And then, so that's what I did. So it was a great eye-opening experience of truly learning how to listen. Right. Listening and reading and understanding an idea and trying to understand it for its merits and its downside. So I was very, very privileged, honestly, to go to that program. And then also to benefit from the biblical studies department at Biola as well. So right, well, that gives you a really good uh, opportunity for critical thinking. Yeah, right, mm -hmm. and to really um, think uh, <laughs> to be redundant to think critically yeah, 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 <laughs> about yeah. what what you're reading and mm -hmm. what you're doing, and not just being spoon fed the yeah. information. Like you're reading it for yourself, completely analyzing, breaking it down. I had a very similar okay uh, upbringing. We did like similar like great books courses and okay. stuff like that. Okay. Um, nice. Our, our family based our, our curriculum off of that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're very familiar with that model then? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it was new to me. I, mm -hmm. I did not know. And so I really benefited from that, from that program. It was a very great program. Um, and about that time, so that led me to Biola. Mm -hmm. If I, if I'm, am I, is this good? Am I taking? This is great. Okay. No, okay. Yeah. Um, we want to know you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then through that program, I really, about the time in that year, my sophomore year of Biola, really started to grapple with what it means to be not just a Christian, but specifically an evangelical Christian. Mm, so there's there's various different traditions in Christianity. Right. And various denominations, mm -hmm. various uh, like sects. And, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so if for me, there was like, okay, I was raised in this. Is this what I want? Because I mean, you've got Roman Catholicism, you've got Greek Orthodoxy. Within Orthodox, you've got a ton of different, you know, <laughs> you've got Coptic, Syrian Orthodox, right? All these different. Oh yeah. Well, you know, it's a, it's its own universe, right? Mm -hmm. So, and Roman Catholicism also is can be its own universe, and then even within Protestant traditions, you've got Lutherans, Calvinists, um, Baptists, Episcopalians, Methodists, you've got so many different things. And so you're, you we're all occupying like this place of church history mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we're like, okay, how did we get here? So, right. And so you have been following the, the like the stream of evangelicalism. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So raised, yeah, I was raised evangelical. Raised that, yeah. And, um, the youth group that I'd gone to Brenton, it was at an mm -hmm. assemblies of God, mm -hmm. uh, assemblies of God youth group. So it was, okay. it was charismatic with like a lowercase C <laughs> so, gotcha. and that was kind of like my specific, um, kind of church experience, right? Was that. Mm -hmm. And so then I, um, so then all that to say, I went through a major identity crisis with my evangelical identity at about that Interesting. time. Yeah. So then that really sparked a, a spiritual journey. And about that time I started having another crisis where I was like, why am I even studying the Bible. <laughs> so there's plenty other books out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, well, and I mean, Harry Potter is great, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter, man. Shout out to, <laughs> to JK Rowling. Yeah. Harry Potter. I'm yeah. not sure if she's someone who wanted to be shouting out. Okay. Right okay. Yeah. Maybe not. But. 
<laughs> I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter, so me neither. Okay. Yeah. Um, Any Christian families? There we go. Right? Yeah, that's right. Toast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cheers. Cheers to Christian families. Um, but um, kind of owning this uh, evangelical, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So then I really started to search. I was like, okay, what what am I going to be? Because I, I I think probably one of the things that I've, I've benefited from being my father's son specifically is like not necessarily taking somebody's word for it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, my yeah. dad, my dad models that very well. Mm. My mom does as well, but I think my dad lives his life that way mm. in some ways. And so I benefited from that. So I wanted to know for myself what that was. And so I started that process. There was really no particular guide in terms of thinker that really like grabbed me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really came to recognize that I think evangelical Christianity, this is a, I don't know, this is a hot take, I guess, but it would probably be one of your, yeah, one of, and I mean, a theological hot take. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if there's anyone that's Catholic or Orthodox, I don't know. I mean, Matt, it, make sure you're recording yeah. this. We got oh, hot gosh, takes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I think evangelical Christianity, in my opinion, is the best bet for both a biblically faithful way to do church, but also the mm. most, but also the most effective in the modern context. Interesting. Okay. So that's, that's what I came to recognize is that it's most biblically faithful in the way that it tries to approach scripture. The priority of place is still on scripture, but also the way in which it's both seamlessly um, a part of the modern culture, but also stands in contrast to it. Interesting. So I think okay. it's, I, th- I just think it, Personally, I don't think there's much of a debate. <laughs> that's a super, I, know, I know some people who would debate. I know with you they. On I that. know you. I know they. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I, that's I, I, I probably would. I will. I will see the benefit of other traditions. There's a totally. lot of benefit to being Catholic today. There's right. a lot of benefit to being Orthodox today. There's also a lot of baggage oh, yeah. in being those today. So, um, evangelical. Now, is that? Within Protestantism or yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I think generally speaking, evangelicals today, you typically, and this is my own working definition, they're probably dispensational, meaning that they think, well, okay, that's changing. But I think mm-hmm. a lot of old school evangelicals mm-hmm. would say it, the, the historic place of Israel is going to have a, is going to have a future. Right. Um, evangelicals of the past have had a strong belief in that. And that's still around. Right. Um, but it's not as it's not as popular these days, and then generally speaking, I think people that are evangelicals usually have some soft reformed views right. of a strong sense mm-hmm. of God's sovereignty, at least as somewhat degree. They not they're not as nuanced as straight up Calvinists in that sense, right? But right. they're probably reformed ish, lowercase c, Baptist mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of, and then they probably are, especially recently, charismatic with lowercase c. So I think yes. that's probably mm. those two. I guess generic theological traditions have shaped much of evangelicalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, but I mean, really, I think Baptists as a whole have shaped much of the structures. Um, and they usually are the ones that evangelicals have the most in common with. So, right. Well, how I've understood of evangelicalism is almost, and maybe more specifically, non denominational mm-hmm. evangelicalism. Evangel- evangelical? Yeah. 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 yeah is it's kind of this culmination of yeah. all these different ideas of theology, mm-hmm. not even ideas, but these streams of thought uh, or these conclusions from scripture mm-hmm. to form this um, coherent yeah. theology. Totally. So they, 
and by the way, I just want to make sure I do believe that there, I a hundred percent believe that there are Christians in other traditions. Oh, totally. I just want to make that really clear. Oh yeah. And that's what this podcast is really supporting. Like, okay. like talking from people from all over the board, yeah. from evangelical, hopefully even have some Catholics mm-hmm. on, um, Orthodox, uh, reformed, like yeah. you name it. Yeah. So it, this is, this is to bring in as like, cool voices from across the board. So nice. Okay. I love that, man. Yeah. And I, I, I'm all for that because I think there's so much to gain from different traditions. I just want to make that clear, Totally. but I do that with an evangelical heart. I think that's actually consistent to evangelicalism Mm -hmm. is, is let's listen to the other voices while being clear that what the biggest voice is. Of course. Right. Sola Scriptura. And and that's the thing that I think you consistently find as a, a beautiful primary thing. Evangelicalism originally is known as the fundamentalism. So before fundamental fundamentalism was a bad word, it was no word because it is today. <laughs> it right? is, fundamentalism it is, is yeah. a bad word. But before that, fundamentalism was let's agree on the fundamentals. Right. So let's agree that Jesus was God. Let's mm-hmm. agree that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. Let's agree that Jesus uh, rose again. Let's also agree that that scripture is inerrant not in its, not necessarily in its minute details, but more in its truth claims. And a lot of that is based on the Nicene Creed, right? A lot of it, yeah. Nicaea is obviously a big thing, mm-hmm. and it, yeah, I would say so. Nicaea. I mean, there's various different confessions of faith throughout the history that I think evangelicals could sign the the, the line on. Okay. But I think obviously it all comes back to Nicaea, and and I think if generally speaking, that's where I think that Christians occupy all the traditions. Yeah. Just okay. as I think that there are non-Christians that also occupy all the traditions, <laughs> yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, yeah. So, so evangelicals were kind of about, you know, about at the turn of the 20th century into the 1900s. You have Christians being kicked out of Harvard, Yale, Princeton, all the Ivy League schools. So mm. all the Ivy League schools kind of purge the biblical Christians from their, from their faculty. Mm. And then mm. with the loss of those institutions, Christianity, especially in America, goes through an identity crisis. Mm. A lot of during this time, they're getting voted out of their own denominations. So then mm. all the Bible-believing yeah. Christians of the Presbyterians, of the Episcopals, of the Methodists, of the Baptists, of the um, Anglicans, uh, and et cetera, are all coming out of these traditions yes. and occupying one camp. Mm. So they're uniting. And that's actually why you have the beginnings of places like Biola, Mm-hmm. which is the Biblical Institute of Los Angeles. Just like early 1900s, right? Yeah, early 1900s. Biola is also the place that the fundamentalist papers began to publish where that gave a voice for what became evangelicalism. Wow. So you mm-hmm. have a lot, and I it goes beyond Biola, obviously, but it, mm-hmm. was a, um, it was a very pivotal place for that. So I go through that, all I have to say, I go through a major turning point with that of, of really assessing, okay, what is the best you know, tradition of Christianity. If I believe that Jesus was God, right? what's the best way to follow him? I came to recognize my own personal convictions that low church evangelicalism is still the best option, despite how mm. maybe um, how many of the downsides there are might be. I still mm. think that, and who knows, I may change my mind on that later, but. Um, well, there's also the need to separate what's uh, most accurate and what's most effective. And right, there, there's... Yeah. Evangelicalism, evangelicalism in any denomination can have a level of accuracy and a level of effectivity. Yeah. And what it, what I hear from you is that evangelicalism has kind of the best of both. Yeah, I would I would argue that. Um, I think there's downsides for sure. I think you have probably, and I, I think also evangelicalism, it makes sense why it's in America because it's right. very democratic. Right. Yeah. So you have like people voting for mm-hmm. everything, right? Mm-hmm. You have, and I, I'm a belief, I'm a believer in that. 
Like I'm a believer that that actually is an effective. And I also would argue that there's scriptural precedent for that. I think it was evident to the entire congregation at Antioch that Paul and Barnabas were being set apart for ministry. Yeah. Now, Mm -hmm. I think that that was also something that, and I think that was also evident in the uh, Jerusalem church. Peter is leading on behalf of the Jerusalem church, but they all have everything in common together. Mm -hmm. So you have like this very democratic spirit within the early church. Mm -hmm. That's not just Mm -hmm. a modern invention. Right. That, that's not just, that's, a, that's something that, praise God, the modern world has given more priority to. Well, what, even when they brought in, I think, Matthias, was it? Mm-hmm. Acts, they cast lots. Yeah, they that, cast right? lots. Yeah, exactly. To bring in one of the apostles. I know. <laughs> Rolling dice, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So I would argue that. I, I think it, there's biblical warrant for it. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of downsides for sure. Totally. I mean, we're all human, right? And mm-hmm. every denomination, every sort of stream of theology is going to have its fault because we're human. Mm-hmm. And that's where, right? the like you said the 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 main voice mm-hmm. the, the primary voice that we can all agree yeah. upon that's we, we lean on that well and, and that's also a thing too with when it comes to what is a po- apostolic authority so mm-hmm. that's a word that a, a lot of my catholic friends or a concept that a lot of my catholic friends appeal to is that the apostolic authority passes from peter down a a, a lineage of men that are selected aka the pope Mm. that are hand-selected, and that that's a line, like a king's line. And they argue that that apostolic authority has to pass from man to man. Mm. But that seems to be such a, in my opinion, not as faithful to what the apostle himself wrote, Mm. to what the apostles themselves wrote, the eyewitnesses and the people themselves that heard Jesus. And the reason why they left the New Testament was to preserve Jesus himself timelessly mm. rather than a succession of men to dictate what Christians believe. Interesting. So that's why I just think it's not a, it's I, in my opinion, it's not a, it's not a, it's just a no brainer for me because, because now, and I, I recognize how uncharitable that is to other perspectives. Totally. totally. I'm willing to engage with anybody on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is because I went on my own journey through that. Totally. And I, we all have good reasons for yeah. what we believe. And yeah. honestly, that's, what I love exploring too. It's totally. Like, hey, how, how'd you, how'd you get to the place where you're at? You yeah. know? And, and it's, it's so interesting to me. Uh, I, I touch base with churches like all over the County. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them with very different and varying opinions. Yeah. Yeah. On scripture, on the word, mm-hmm. on, well, on yeah. God, on theology. Or what so we mean by the word. Yeah. 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 It, on like Jesus and all, all these stuff. And mm-hmm. it's so interesting for me. What I want to know is like, okay, even no matter how wild or wacky your opinion might be, mm-hmm. or even how f- sound your, your opinion is, mm-hmm. how did you get there? Mm-hmm. And where can you point in scripture to it? So yeah, I, I, I love hearing about this stuff. Yeah, man. And I, I, I don't, this occupies one chapter of my life, but I think, and I, I think there are other people out there that are more equipped to maybe have this conversation from an evangelical standpoint. Mm-hmm. But I want to also say, this is my own personal conviction. When, for the sake of conversation, I always aspire to be charitable. So totally. I want to, I want to make sure that I communicate that again. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to be like, yes, yeah. no, it's the end. I'll be no, all. <laughs> no, definitely not. Like I, I love having an open mind, but I also have very strong convictions that have been tested. Totally. That's, I think. So, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, given, you know, <laughs> trials in this world mm-hmm. and everything that you've 
learned and studied mm -hmm. as a minister of the gospel, man. Like, and I have more, way more to learn. So, <laughs> way more. don't we all? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, dude, speaking of being a minister of the gospel, you are particularly right now ministering to young adults. Yeah. Right. So, how did you get into young adults ministry? Dude, it's such a, so in that crisis of faith, I began to come that, to that place of, of settled belief. Yeah. Right? So mm -hmm. then I began to ask the question, okay, why in the world am I? So I, I thought I was going to go into education. Right. Then I go off to a study abroad in the United Kingdom uh, for a summer. Mm -hmm. And I realized the church is dead in the United mm. Kingdom, like where I was, wow. there are vibrant expressions of Christianity totally. there. Mm -hmm. But where I, I was like, man, I'm going through all these historic buildings of the church and there's nobody here. Yeah. And, and, and the cultural, uh, they're almost like art pieces. Yeah. And so, yeah. Art pieces, museums, yeah. some even nightclubs. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, you know, and so I'm like going through this and I'm really having this crisis of, man, why in the world am I learning any of this? Like, why mm. am I sitting on my butt, writing papers, reading, when really there's such an urgent need out there? Yeah. I have a couple of, like, spiritual experiences when I'm over there, dreams, prayer experiences, um, basically that convinced me that I, I, I well, I, I had a strong call from mm. that moment on mm. where it was like my heart left my body and Jesus dragged it onto the other side of all of my worst fears Wow! and said, you have to follow me. And wow. I've never been quite the same ever wow. since then. And Lord, the Lord has honed that and continued that. But that was the, that was the summer of 2012 when that, when that, so those sorts of experiences occurred and I came back a different person. Wow. Dude, um, I just have this image. You're in your dream. You're just laid out on like a surgeon table, just open heart. Jesus takes your heart. Yeah. Last on of a the journey. Mohicans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Indiana Jones style. Yeah. Kalima. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dude. Yeah. Um, That's, dude. So literally like visions yeah. and dreams. Yeah, dreams. Yeah. And that kind of sparked you mm -hmm. to really like own what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think. Paul says, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, mm -hmm. and then um, that really was the shift in my heart. I mm -hmm. think before that, I was a very good, I was trying to know as much as I could. Mm. Um, and I think from that moment on, Jesus, and Jesus, Jesus refined this as my journey continued, but it really became more about building people rather than mm. building myself. And mm. so because that, I almost, I think that's part of where my, my life in some ways has some carry over to Paul's when he says I was advancing in Judaism right. beyond any of my peers. Right. Um, but all of it's, all of it's rubbish. Yeah. Kind of all rubbish and surpassing worth yeah. of knowing Christ. What's right? the, what's yeah. the point, you know? Mm. So then it was like, wow, people, right. And mm. Paul says, you are our letters of recommendation written in human hearts, right? Like wow. talking about your greatest impact being people. And, and so that, those verses really speak to spoke to you. They didn't at the time. But I think in hindsight, they do. Like mm. it, it, It's a common heart language. Yeah. Praise God. Not because of who I am, but because of who God is mm. and who he forces me yeah, praise by God, his spirit man. to become. Dude, heck yeah. So then I come back and then I sign up for a church internship at my church, which had, was having a new lead pastor come in. And this guy was a dynamic communicator. Mm. A lot of my high school buddies actually that were atheists had gotten saved in his ministry elsewhere. Wow. He comes wow. in. Yeah 
comes in and uh, I sign up for an internship and they say, hey, it's a toss up, but we have more need in college than we do in high school. Mm, so I was gotcha. like, all right, yeah. I mean, like, I love interacting. Like, my dad's a college professor. My earliest memories are college campuses. And how old were you when you were doing this? Uh, I was, okay, so I started, I started that first year, I was 20. Okay, wow. So yeah. I was doing college, so I mean, it's ministry among your peers, right? Like, yeah. that's, yeah. so that's where I started. Um, and it was just an unpaid volunteer position. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the while you're still studying at Biola. Yeah. So I was wrapping it up at Biola, um, and then interning at the church in Orange County. And then I go off to, I go off to Alaska for a summer for about four, f- uh, four or five months. I can't remember now. I forget somewhere in that four and a half months, I'll just say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I come back and then, uh, I continue the internship. The long of it or the short of it <laughs> of that chapter is that as great of a communicator as that individual was, the, the, the ability of being a good communicator and being a good leader and the, and the, dis, and the distinction of being a good leader and a good pastor. Those, mm. Being a good communicator is one thing. Being a good leader is another thing. Being, being a good pastor is another thing. Mm. And it's very rare that you're going to find one, all three in one. Dude, there's a lot I could say to that. <laughs> it seems like that's having someone that embodies the three is almost the expectation for most churches nowadays. In some ways. Yeah. And I think, I, I mean, yeah, I think so. I think it's both, um, a, uh, yeah, there's a lot I could say about this. I think probably <laughs> it's a combination of things that I think feed into that. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, I think probably the foremost thing that's important is the pastor's heart. Yeah. I would say mm-hmm. if you are a communicator, praise the Lord. But um, when it comes to the decision-making processes, um, you have to always lead with that pastor's heart. You just mm. always have to. You mm. cannot, because the, the community and the culture of America, the country of America, the people themselves, they require the heart of the shepherd, the heart of the pastor. Yeah. Um, mm. Paul. Well, Jesus was originally that for us. A hundred percent. My sheep hear my voice yeah. and they call, I am the good shepherd mm-hmm. who lays his life down. I'm not, he is rabbi, teacher. Right. He is Messiah, leader. Mm-hmm. But we come to him as sheep. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And he, he, he cares for us as sheep. Mm-hmm. Paul is like, if I speak um, with without love, I'm a, no- I'm a noisy symbol, a yeah. clanging gong, right? It's like... Yeah. Um, so all to say, the church really imploded. <laughs> the church that I was interning under really Ouch. imploded. Yeah. And it was also yeah. rough too, because I served with three different college pastors mm. during the span of our, let's see here. I had one, two, three, actually four. Wow. So I had four bosses in the span of three years. This charismatic, this charismatic leader, he fired Oh. All, all these other oh. pastors. Yeah. Oh, wow. Gotcha. Well, okay. In all fairness, he fired two of them mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he resigned. Oh. And then the church went through a major identity crisis. He planted a church a couple miles, a, a, a couple miles away. Wow. And um, yeah, just down the road. And then, wow. and then the board of elders fired my boss at that time. Yeah. And then, what the heck? and then the guy that I was reporting to for the year after that, he lasted a year and then he decided to plant. Hmm. So then. Is this church still around today? It is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> praise God. I know. Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so then I, through that, it was a major eye-opening uh, experience of how churches fall apart. Dang. And uh, also, also dreams and visions during that time. Yeah. Well, um, as someone trying to like make a career or seeing like having a calling mm-hmm. and ministry and you're putting so much hope and expectation in this place that you've just been brought on. Dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, I, that's a big loss. Yeah. A it, huge it, loss. And it's something that I still process in some ways. I, I entered my current job at Emmanuel Faith with a lot of baggage that yeah. I had to unlearn. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually even just this past year, there was a piece of it where I was like, you know what? I think I've, I think the ghost is even further in the, in the grave now mm. in terms of maybe some of the learned negativity of that, of mm. church, church breakdown. I'm very grateful for that experience. Totally. It's, it's as the, painful as it was. Yeah. The gift that I never asked for. <laughs> right. Well, what, like, um, Paul says, uh, rejoice when you encounter trials. Yeah. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's in James too, but, uh, mm-hmm. endurance. Yeah. Consider it all joy, my brother. Yeah. And, persevering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. your sufferings. Totally. So, um, I, through that, the Lord, it was as if God through that process, that was really refining fire for me. Yeah. God, God taking my face and shoving it down <laughs> and saying, we're going to, we're going to work out these barnacles on your face <laughs> and like really polish you yeah, down real quick. Yeah. yeah. Like Paul, like the spirit of Jesus says to Ananias, right, right before he heals Paul, he says, I will show, dude, and I should not even quote this about my journey because I've been so privileged Mm. in so many ways, but it's in some ways like he will, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Mm. It's Mm. like the, and Paul saying elsewhere, he's like, you know, he will carry to completion the work he started in you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's his number one. Uh oh. (laughs) Yeah. You better watch out, my friend. Like he's going to do it. Um, so it was <laughs> whether like, you like it or not, in some ways, right? Like he's, because he is going to work his son in you and you can either do this the mm. easy way or the hard way, mm. 40 years the, in the wilderness or uh, 40 days, <laughs> you know, you decide. Yeah. yeah. Kicking uh, and screaming or uh-huh. hand in hand. You uh-huh. know? So that was where, uh, my motives as a leader really got shaped because I saw, the opposite of leaders that did not have the heart for people. Mm. So because I saw the motives of the heart kind of played out in the leaders that I lived or or served under some of the leaders I served under, as well as some of the senior leaders at the church clearly did not have a heart for people. Yeah. Yeah. They had a heart for a lot of other things, but not for people. Right. So they had all the outward appearance that maybe and all the qualifications that they were looking for, Mm -hmm. but the heart wasn't there for them. Not at all. And I think, so because of that, I aspire to be the leader that I didn't have during that time. Mm. So that really deeply impacted how mm. I hope at least aspire to always lead is, mm. is to never, yeah, I mean, Jesus telling Peter to feed my sheep, right? Right, like, if you love me. Yeah. yeah, so hopefully I can look back on my life and Jesus would tell me that. Yeah, you know, like, well done, good and faithful. You know, hopefully. Yeah. hopefully. <laughs> so I always aspire to be that. So I, I come to Emmanuel Faith. I, my the One of the guys on staff, eventually the, the Board of Elders was like, hey, there's no one left. Do you want to be college pastor? You know, I said, <laughs> they didn't say it that way. Um, oh, did I say the name of the church? I don't think so. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm really intentionally not saying the name. Yeah, <laughs> we um, can all okay. edit it out. Yeah, please post. do if yeah. I do. Um, the Board of Elders tell me, hey, you know, if you wanted the job, it's yours. And so I was like, all right, I'll take it. Um, and then I lasted a year and then the executive pastor made it clear, like, hey, you only, we, we really don't have a place for you here beyond this budget. 
And so the giving was way down. There was a lot, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a lot of burnt trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then at that time or near that time, uh, the, this veteran pastor, one of the last ones standing, he said, Ryan, there's a, there's a church down in Escondido that's looking for a college pastor. Do you mind me if I put hmm. my, your name in, in the hat? So yeah, sure. Why not? Enter Greg Lane. I, yeah. <laughs> and so then Greg Lane at Emmanuel Faith eventually called me. God bless Greg Lane. God bless Greg Lane. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was going to tell them no. I was gonna tell. I think wow, I told. Yeah. I think I told you that yeah, I was yeah. gonna tell them no, and uh, and then I went through the interview process. I could not believe that they actually wanted to hire me. <laughs> I could not. I, like, honestly, man, I it's still a shock like, to me. Yep, this is the guy. I know. I'm still shocked. Honestly, I'm like, all right, if you if you want me, like. You come in like with a white t-shirt with like a burger stand, just communicating the point. Like, I don't want to be here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to, yeah. Trying to sabotage my own effort. No, I mean, I was just shocked, right? I was just shocked that they asked me. And so, so I was going to tell them no. And then on the phone, it was like when the tumbler in the locks, like Mm -hmm. click, all of a sudden there was something in my heart. I was like, Oh, I got to call you back. So I didn't tell them no, but I was going to tell them no on the phone. Oh, <laughs> and then I didn't. Wow. And then I was like, I gotta pray. And I told Greg, hey, give me give me a couple of weeks. I gotta pray about this. So I, I asked a lot of mentors, prayed about it. And I despite myself, I did not want to <laughs> leave that church. I really did not want to leave that church. Yeah. But I sensed the call. And so then I, I decided to come. So that's how I got here. And praise God for that. Yeah. Man. So that's the whole, I don't know how long that took, if that's all of our time. I don't know. No, dude. Okay. Hey, we got another maybe 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Or so. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Man, so that's the what, whole. That's the whole. That's well. That's an incredible journey, man, that you've been on. Like <laughs> maybe, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, we all, all our own stories yeah, all, always seem like less than sure. to ourselves, right? Yeah. We're all our we're own worst critics. But mm-hmm. man, like to be called out into an area that you didn't even want to be at. <laughs> How did I hate it after s- firsthand witnessing, like the I wouldn't say the worst of church, yeah. but arguably like <laughs> not the best of it. It was bloody. Yes. It was bloody. Yes. Very ugly side of church as uh, an organization, as a, mm-hmm. as a structure and still like the Lord bringing you here to mm. ask and you do and <laughs> ministering to oh, well, people like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude, it's the greatest privilege of my life. It really is like short of being married and then Lord willing one day being a father it really yeah. is the it really is being it is the greatest privilege of my life to be pastor. Well, dude. Well, on that, what so what has been you would say over these past six years, mm-hmm. the highest high that you've had in mm. your in your time with Emmanuel Faith, and maybe the lowest low, the like the most difficult, and and the most rewarding. Yeah. Are you, are you saying like? Um, chapters of the ministry or are you saying of like things that I've experienced things that you've experienced okay. yeah I mean I think in general I see this story played out over and again where people just grow yeah and I, I just I love that I just love seeing that I love <laughs> encouraging it yeah. I love directing it I love like supporting it I just I love the process of growth mm. I love seeing a human being grow heck yeah and man. so I, um, cause I really think that's the only hope that we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's really any other hope that we have. I mean, besides Jesus, but, but I'm saying it's like <laughs> Jesus's spirit through people. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I mean, I've seen that over and again. I've seen that 
in obviously your life. I've seen that in others' lives. I've seen that over and again. And I just, so I just love seeing that. I'm like mm. addicted to that process mm. um, of seeing growth mm-hmm. in, in, in specific people. Um, For those who don't know, I participated in uh, Ryan's young adult ministries. He's the reason why I'm in ministry. No, right now. I'm doing, dude, no, no, you oh. are straight up, man. Like you're the reason why we're sitting down and having oh, this conversation goodness, man. from well. two microphones. You, this, this guy has stirred me, spurred me on, mm-hmm. spurred, spurred me on. Yeah. Spurred. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> dude uh, you have been such an influence oh, to me bro well thank like, you bro and so dude ha- dude having that like time and time again and in ministry for you man dude as someone who's been on the receiving end of it bro mm. like man it's, oh, man it's such a blessing to receive and i can only imagine how much of a blessing it is to oh dude to like be a part of it oh to, bro to do it Thank you. I mean, you honor me so much, Jared. I, I, I'm honestly not deserving of it. Like that's where Paul, right? I consider myself the chief. I mean, really, it's like you know yourself. <laughs> we're all we're all cursed with no, yeah. self knowledge, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, man, it's a, I, you honor me, man, so much, and yeah, just to see you go on and like being a pastor yourself now, hey, and now who would have thought? And you got your own <laughs> studio with Matt, and it's awesome. And, I know, right? We, <laughs> it's been a good year. <laughs> It's been a good year. <laughs> Shout out to Matt. Um, Shout out to Matt. I, I, I really wish I could see his face. I know. I really wish I could see him too. But, um, no, man, you honor me so much. I think um, what Jesus says is so true, or what Paul quotes Jesus, because we don't actually have the words in the New Testament of when of when Jesus says this, but Paul quotes Jesus mm-hmm. in Acts, I believe it's 20, with the Ephesians. He says, it is better to give than to receive. And it's so, it's so cliche, Amen. but it's honestly just so true. Like it can, American consumerism has sold us all short because we're not giving. Right. We're all getting right. and we're, yep. And we're dissatisfied and we're, you know, and, and dude, the magic is in what you're sacrificing. The magic is in not your rights, but your responsibilities. Mm-hmm. The magic is in what you give and not what yes. you get. So well, I, it's the biggest privilege of my life. It's what keeps me sane, honestly. Right. So, well, well that and my wife. When, when was it Hebrews when it says, for the joy that was set before yep. him, yep. he's entered the cross. Exactly. It, it's on the other side of the suffering mm-hmm. that we receive the greatest joy, man. Oh, dude, it's so true. Come on. Yeah, it's so true, man. Ah. So, yeah, it, like I said, I just, I'm so privileged to do it. Um, and you, well, you get to see this on a daily basis, pretty yeah. much, which is just awesome. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, I get to see it. And it's long. I mean, I think one of the things you just have to recognize is people will always break your heart. Yeah. They'll always break your heart. And I mean, Jesus himself had to go through that. Um, more I'm sorry about all of this. Bro, no, 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 no. No, 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 bro. No, it's just it's just people. I, I mean, I break my own heart. I break my wife's heart. I break, we all break each other's hearts. I mean, hurt people, have, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, right? exactly. We've, we've heard that yeah, said yeah. many times. So it's not like, it's it's bound to happen. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not. And I think that's all by design because keep your eyes fixed on, on the author and perfecter of our faith. Exactly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So dude, I, I, I've had a lot of idols knocked down in my life, mm-hmm. dude. Like anytime I'm trying to fixate on one, like a person yeah. that I can hold up, I was like, Oh, this is the guy I can, I, I can model my life after mm. <laughs> toppling right down. Well, dude, there's so many now. Yeah. It's like, when's it going to stop? I don't, <laughs> 
well, it's, we we crave it, man. Like I it's know. just in our in, in our nature, and it'll it'll stop when we stop craving it. Yeah, I that's not going to happen until the end of this age, man. I know, man. I guess I guess I mean just as a little bit of a side, I, it's it is a little exhausting recently. I think the totally. past couple of years, it's been a. I'm just really grateful that Tim Keller has finished well. Oh, I think on behalf of every one of us. <sighs> Like that's a, that's a great relief for me. And I, and I think, I think Rick Warren also, I think mm -hmm. as far as we can tell, finished well, mm -hmm. like high profile, John Piper. Did Rick pass away recently? No, no, no. He didn't. Sorry. He he just he, retired. Oh, that, yeah. okay. I, I remember that, but I was like, wait, wait, yeah. whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, John Piper as well. I yeah. mean, I'm just, you know, mm -hmm. so the ones that have run well, dude, I'm, I'm just so grateful for Josh McDowell seems like. So. Yeah, dude, <laughs> Tim Keller. I'm a, I'm a little selfish about this because I yeah. just started listening to his sermons and stuff. I was like, man, this guy really understands the gospel. I want to really hear. Dude, he I'll, does. Yeah. Yes. And I, I, I want to meet him someday. Oh, and I'm no. like, well, I'm a little selfish in that. But like, praise. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to meet him someday. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It'll be, it'll be a good time when we're all dancing up there. Amen. 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 So the most rewarding part for you ministry is just being able to see people yeah. grow. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, without having to name any names, but for you, um, do you have any particular examples of students that have yeah. really like blossomed mm -hmm. in your, well, obviously bro, like I, every story is beautiful. Yeah. I, I mean, it depends on which one you mean. I think obviously I love it when I see people like you who have gone and said, I want to go and pursue Jesus in mm -hmm. a call. Like it doesn't have to be paid vocational ministry, but I gotta be a part of what he's doing. Like mm -hmm. I gotta, I gotta work. So I love stories like yours. Mm -hmm. I love stories. Um, uh, <laughs> I love stories like, um, you know, Christian, a current intern at, at yeah. my ministry. Shout out to Christian. I Let's love go. stories like Diana's that yeah. current intern at my ministry. Um, others too, Maddie Little also going yeah. for it too. And so there's, um, you know, there's others out there too. And so I think I love those stories. I love seeing the ministry call. Mm. The, the 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 ministry bug biting yeah you know and you're like oh I can't the get spider this. the spider yeah. bite yeah, you know, yeah it's Spider Man's like, like <laughs> you know radioactive bug and you're like ah crazy now. <laughs> it's like awesome I'm a minister of the gospel yeah, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> right um, so I just love that um, but I also really love seeing the ones that you um, from a worldly point of view count out. All of a sudden, surprising you. So, dude, I mean, even the, the story oh, of yeah. us meeting, dude, yeah. from the unlikeliest dude, yeah, right. of places. Do you want to tell that story? Or do you want me to shout out to Dustin Smith if you're listening? Holy cow, dude, oh, what a story. Goodness. Dude, I just saw him. Really? Yeah. He was, well, because he was well, in town. He walked up to us when we were at the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> dude, so he, he was, um, he was in town for the past month. And I think yeah. he just flew out today or yesterday. Oh, really? Wow. So I just, we just had him over for dinner. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, which is awesome. But yeah, so Dustin, I mean, Dustin, uh, basically his story, um, came to our ministry homeless, mm -hmm. um, did not know the guy at all well, Asperger's, autism, or something like that, high functioning. Yeah. Um, and so he, I don't think, actually, I think he told me that he doesn't have Asperger's. So apologies, Dustin, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> something like that, right? So I apologize. I'm probably mischaracterizing something. All that to say, um, Dustin met the Lord and he comes from a really tough family. Mm, yeah. So then he was on the streets for, man, I, I, was it six years? Something like that? 
I think so. That is like something like six years yeah. in total. Um, You'd probably know better than me. Well, so just learning to love him. And so he, uh, I took him in for a couple months. My buddy mm -hmm. at that time, my roommate at the time was a Marine officer. He was on deployment in Australia. I asked him, hey, do you mind if Dustin crashes in our mm -hmm. living room for a couple months? He said, yeah, sure. Found him a program. Um, turned out to be a fraud. So then Dustin ran away, yeah. which I was at first upset about, but then actually grateful for. Yeah. And then Lord, the Lord's just been faithful to Dustin. So he's always provided a place for him. Some Praise of them are, are rough places. And, and in the middle of that, <laughs> dude, the <laughs> he was staying with you guys and you guys had a Bible study going on at your house as yeah. well, right? Yeah. And <laughs> that's the Bible study that he invited me that's to. That's right. right. Yes. Dude, tell that story. Dude, so... <laughs> This man, <laughs> I want to say four years ago now, it was probably like 2019. Was it 2019? It was 2019. Okay. Definitely. 20, yeah. February 2019. No, no, bro. Are you sure? Yes. It wasn't the fall? No, you're right. It, it was, was the spring it, of 2019. Yes. Okay. So uh, wow. my girlfriend at the time was about to go to San, uh, San Francisco for school and uh, we had just left our uh, young adults ministry night and we had gone out to In-N-Out afterwards. And I'm like, okay, babe, I need to go to the bathroom. I'll be, I'll be right back. And she's like, okay, cool. Uh, I'll wait for the order. Uh, I go to the bathroom. I come back and there's this dude with, with his hand on my girlfriend's shoulder. And I'm looking, I'm watching it from a distance. I'm like, hello, <laughs> is this happening right now? Is this going on right now? And I walk oh up, I'm God. like, oh, they're praying. <laughs> That's that's a little more comforting. <laughs> okay, oh I can vibe with goodness. this a little bit. I walk up a second, like, I finish praying with them. It's like, oh, hey, man, what's your name? I'm Jared. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, I'm Dustin, man. Nice oh to meet you, bro. Like, and, and so I was like, dude, thanks for praying for my girlfriend. Where are you from? It's like, yeah. dude, I'm, I'm over in Escondido. We got this Bible study on Tuesday nights. You should come hang it out. Yeah. Hang out with us. And the rest is history. The rest <laughs> is history. So then Dustin drags Jared Graff in and... Yeah, you had come a couple weeks. I came a couple weeks, and then I didn't even know that it was a like a, a young adults ministry. Oh, you didn't for the first couple of weeks, and then you told me it's like, hey, we're a part of the well, and come through. <laughs> yeah. And then I joined. I felt at home. Wow. Um, I came on as a so leader with you guys because before that, I I had led small groups and stuff before. But dude, y your ministry really you really enabled me to like flesh mm. out so many of the gifts that the Lord has given me mm. and uh, the opportunity to practice and stuff. Mm. And dude, here we are. <laughs> dude, here we are, my man. That's, dude, oh my God. Thanks to Dustin Smith. <laughs> Shout out. Dude, Dustin. <laughs> well, I owe my marriage to Dustin. Because <laughs> yeah. Dustin also introduced, well, was it, he was a piece of why I got re got reintroduced to my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A, a totally separate story. <laughs> so the Lord, I mean, that's the thing. He uses everybody. He uses, and he uses he uses Dustin powerfully. So yes and amen. Um, anyways, Dude. so yeah, and so you have stories like that that are that are really humble of people growing. And so I've seen Dustin grow over the course of years, and he's a story that is a, is a lot of different ministries and a lot of different churches and a lot of individuals working together to help him, Dude, to yeah. support him. Um, and then uh, yeah, the Lord's been good to him, and and so yeah, you have those stories, and I think too of like just people coming to the end of their rope. Dallas Willard has a great quote. If you want to know God's mailing address, it's at the end of your rope. Ah, and so that's where you're going to meet dang. God. <laughs> so when you're at the end of your rope, baby, that's exactly when God's going to meet you. So I love seeing that. Um, 
I don't want to name names because like <laughs> I don't want people to, but there's a lot of them. Um, I mean, do you want me to dive into some or what do you, well, so what do you, what do you, what do you think? Cause I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to take up all of our, her time. Okay. We're coming, yeah, we're yeah. coming close to the end of it. Okay. But you want to go for another, what, 15 minutes or 20? Yeah. Whenever. Okay. So yeah. I got to leave at like five thirty. So. Okay, cool. Cool. I, I want to give us maybe like five minutes before. Just, okay. So just a close yeah. up, whatever. Yeah. But, um, you're talking, dude, stories of growth, redemption. Um, talk, so the names go ahead. Absolutely. Oh man. Names. Uh, or, or, I mean, you don't have just, to name names, okay. but, um, some of those impactful things yeah. for you. Well, one girl came to us. She was, this would have been fall of 2018. Yeah. She had been homeless for two, two weeks. Um, she had undergone an abortion. Her previous mm. relationship had fallen apart. She'd been engaged. She came to our ministry, pretty chewed up. Um, mm. And she had lived the party life for a good number of years. Um, and something about this community just welcomed her. And I don't mm. think there's, I don't think it was the, the, the preaching. I don't think it was the worship. I think it was the spirit of God through all of those things. Yeah. And specifically the people. Um, like if the, if the, if the leader leads with a heart, for people it's contagious and the, and the people catch up on it. Mm -hmm. And so I think like, because we had enough leaders that had that, mm -hmm. um, that was the culture hopefully that we cultivated in part. And so she latched onto that. And so yeah. through our ministry, she met, um, you know, some older women that were able to kind of help her along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, and she met some some good sisters and and, and friends in that, um, and it really pieced her back together. She went with us Praise on God. one of our one of our mission trips Heck yeah. to India, and um, was dramatically changed as a result mm. of that. Some of like the lingering worldliness that was in her really gotten worked out, and and the Man. perspective shift that occurred. And then she met her now husband. Uh, through the church, and they're they're no longer at the church right. that that this specific church, but they're at another church nearby. And so, seeing that oh, whole story yeah. arc is just beautiful to me. Oh, dude. Um, come on, man. Yeah, and so you know other other stories that um, come to mind. There's uh, you know a guy who struggles with same sex attraction. Mm. who um, has had plenty of opportunities to act out on it. He um, came to our ministry at the end of, you know, his, uh, you know, a, a, a chapter of his life that was really destructive and rough for him. Mm. And to see him being pieced back together and yeah. worked on and, and to see relationships that are life-giving to him and are freeing to him as opposed to shame-based, mm. I think has been the biggest one. Um, yeah. and that's a story that's ongoing now. And mm. that, and actually there are several stories like that, that are ongoing within our ministry, um, that I'm just so grateful to have a hand in and not, not because of what I'm doing, but because of what the Lord is doing in, in so many ways in spite of me. Cause this is not, yeah. this yeah. is not, I would not say that I am the reason why any of these people are where they're at today. I, mm. by no means am I the person that has made the difference in their life. It is Jesus. I mean, at least you had a guiding influence. I had, it, I had some but influence. But Christ through you. Yeah. And it, it is 
clearly Christ. And oh, I yeah. think the the difference between that is so clear mm. when you're a leader because you're just like you you disappoint people all the time. I disappoint people on the daily. So I and we I both did. Well, I have both. to you know I have to apologize <laughs> to people all the time. Mm. You know, and I I've I've been a knucklehead and I've done stupid things and I've hurt people because of some of my decisions. But the difference between being a monster and being a, a good shepherd is is apologizing mm. and, and recognizing, wow, you know, and mm. I, I did do that. Dang. Preach it, man. So, Preach it. like, you know, it's not the That's fact facts. that you're perfect. It's the fact that you're willing to apologize. So few people I find today are willing to genuinely apologize. Well, dude, that's even something I've even been struggling with in my own heart mm-hmm. lately. It's like a lot of, I think... The narrative, especially for men mm-hmm. nowadays, is you gotta stand up straight. Yeah, you gotta puff out your chest. Mm-hmm. And you gotta you gotta be a man and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that voice has uh, been influencing my thought lately. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, like I'm afraid to apologize. You know, yeah. in in appearance of uh, or or to in fear of appearing weak yeah. in any way. Yeah. Um, which is such a lie. It, it's such a lie. It, it's it's not weakness to be vulnerable. Mm-mm. It's actually, it, it's so, it, it's such a display of true inter- like integrity and mm-hmm. strength to say like, listen, I know that I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. And if you have a leader who's able to do that, is there mm-hmm. someone just following in, in the way of Jesus to acknowledge mm-hmm. that, Hey, I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. I I'm trying my best here. I'm trying, mm-hmm. I'm trying to follow along in the way of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm allowing his sancti- his sanctifying Holy spirit to have his way in me, but mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. And there's definitely ways totally I can be better at that. Dude, it's so true. It's so essential. It's so essential. And I, I love what you said because I think it shows the inner character Right. And mm. it's like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, man, we're all, we're all sinners in need of a savior. It, we just are like, there's so some of us more than others. Some of us, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We're not naming any names, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, not like Bob. Over yeah. There. No way. No way. Not Bob. Um, but I'm yeah, like that Jared guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, man. I mean like, and that's, I think Paul's awareness. I am the chief of sinners. Mm-hmm. Whenever you realize, I mean, dude, I, yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah. The way that I have failed God and Jesus all the time and have sinned against my wife, my friends, my, my, I mean, it's just, you, you just, that's who we are by nature and yeah. by the Holy Spirit's work in our life. We can hope to be different, mm-hmm. but that's through the process of confession, repentance, obedience. That's the journey. So. Amen, dude. Yeah. I mean, there's this phrase that keeps repeating in my head. Um, that repentance is the means by which you receive the grace of God. Mm. It is through repentance. You can't, if you are impenitent, is that, is that the right word I'm thinking of? Like, or obstinate, obstinate, or you're just purely just plowing through life, Mm -hmm. going your own way. Mm -hmm. You can't receive the the grace of God. You have to turn to him. You Mm -hmm. have to say, Lord, I, I understand where I've fallen short. Mm-hmm. Please do something in me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to be made new. Mm-hmm. That is the, and if, if you if you can't fall on your face and repent before the be, before Christ, before God, mm-hmm. like 
you're hellbent. Mm-hmm. I'm just being straight up. Mm-hmm. It's so true. No matter how religious you might appear on the outside. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. That's a very good word, I think, especially given the the culture of churchgoers in America these days. Mm-hmm. I think there's a... Obedience has turned into a dirty word, but obedience Dude, is a yeah. piece of repentance. Yeah. And uh, John the Baptist's words of the Pharisees produce fruit in keeping with repentance, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what separates, again, the Pharisees from the fo- the Christ followers. Yes. Is, are you... Are you putting on a show, you whitewash tombs, or mm. are you actually bearing fruit in keeping with repentance? So mm. I think that's a really good word, man, for yeah. today's day and age is what you're discussing in terms of repentance being the means by which, and I think it, it, this is debated deeply, especially today of grace, mm. discipleship, obedience. Like Those are things right now that I think now the church is having to discuss and are, is probably going to be ruminating on for the next couple of years. I think it's actually going to become a bigger issue of discussion. Mm. If I'm right, I don't know if I'm right, but I think it will become a, something that's going to be revealed as a pretty big discussion point. Obedience? Sorry, grace. Grace. Yeah. Gotcha. What, do, what do we mean by grace? And what do we mm. mean by, um, yeah, what, what is its role in discipleship? Yeah. So. Well, even on that, as uh, we're getting close to the end of our time, something I really wanted to hear uh, your take on, um, our church, I mean, you, you touched on it. Um, you, you think that grace, we're going to have to reapproach this or, or at least, uh, define what it looks like as a, as a church body is if I'm, I'm getting what you're saying correctly. I'm saying that as the overall like American church and the Western church. Yeah. Western church. I, I, I think, but I, I could be wrong. Um, well, I was uh, my what I want to know from you honestly I think we've even had personal discussions about this is like what is the biggest thing that the western church is struggling with right mm. now Oh man Uh let's see here If you can choose one thing <laughs> Wow Yeah um the one thing and how much time do we have we've got like about 10 minutes Okay all right, it's about or five, five minutes. Ten minutes. So. Okay, yeah, ten minutes. I can leave here at five thirty. Perfect. Um, the one thing. Let me really think about this. I mean, I think. Oh goodness. <laughs> See, the thing is, a lot of things are coming to my mind, and I and you only. It's like we're. It's like we're two fish in this one. In this one bowl, mm. you know, like mm. in in the Western Church. So it's mm. like we're two fish in this one aquarium or or thing where it's like right. so how do you know how do we see this clearly I think probably this is where I, I think specifically as an American I'll maybe I'll approach this I think and I'm not the only one to say this I think a lot of smarter wiser people have brought this up multiple times mm. but I really think that the culture of consumerism is the thing that the Western church is built around. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that it's antithetical to the message of Jesus of pick up your cross and, yeah. and follow me. Wow. So I think, I think a lot of things are downstream from that. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if it's all mm-hmm. downstream from that, but I find that within my context here mm-hmm. in San Diego, in the United States, that is the overall thing that always rears its ugly head in mm. multiple different areas. Mm. Um, so, well, you also had the opportunity just to uh, go to Lebanon. Yeah, 
and you just came back a couple of days ago. Yeah. And so how does that, like what, what you're talking about right there, how does our church compare to what you see like over there? Yeah. Oh, man, that's a great question. And I wish I had like all the time in the world to be able to talk your ear off about it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe sometime we'll, well catch up we'll, on maybe it. Maybe we'll yeah, have to yeah. follow up on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I but think, or I guess maybe what I'm, I'm getting at to be more specific, yeah. uh, we really struggle with consumerism, what you're saying yeah. here. Yeah. Do, in the international church, I mean, do you see that struggling, uh, see the international church struggling, struggling with that as well? Yeah. So I think, I think, I think human beings are consumeristic. Totally. Like, I think that is a, and I think actually Jesus himself realizes that when he tells people I am the bread that comes down from heaven. Totally. Consume, right? <laughs> yeah. So I think Jesus himself recognizes that human beings are consumers mm -hmm. and he gives his body and his blood to be consumed. Mm -hmm. um, and that actually is fun fact. I think why churches, especially in the Western world, I think, I think communion can be such a powerful catalyst mm -hmm. for renewal if it's done well mm -hmm. in, in the physical gathering. Um, and done well, uh, flush that out. What, uh, what does communion look like? Oh man, done well? bro. That is, that is another theological hot take. <laughs> That's another theological hot take. Uh, Let's lean in on oh that. Oh my goodness. We only have 10 <laughs> minutes. We will listen to that. Um, well, okay. Well, uh, let me, let me just stay on this for now. Yeah. Um, when it comes to, uh, the, what your original question is, is that the case internationally? I think especially in the areas where the Western world has had its greatest cultural impact, yes. Mm. So I think the areas where like America has exported Coca-Cola, McDonald's, all these brands, right, right? right? And these are successful for a reason because I think, again, human beings are consumers. Right. I don't think that's essentially what we are, but mm. I think capitalism is by far the clearest, most effective economic force ever known. Mm -hmm. I think it's the most successful very clearly, mm -hmm. but I think it has a major spiritual blowback that no, mm -hmm. no, nothing on this planet is ever going to, to confront except the church. Mm -hmm. The church is the only place that can hope to confront that and mm -hmm. to mitigate the disaster that comes downwind. If, 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 if capitalism continues to condition mm -hmm. human, human beings. Unless you're Karl Marx. Unless you're Karl <laughs> Marx, baby. Yeah. Well, and that's that project has clearly failed. Right. So oh, multiple right. times, every place communism has been tried, it's failed. Mm -hmm. Like you cannot, mm -hmm. you cannot, <laughs> that system is so bad mm -hmm. that it took the largest and most industrialized, arguably the most optimistic country, Russia. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that it, it, the people were saying before World War One, Russia was going to essentially conquer the world. Right. Like it was on track to become the most powerful dominant cultural force in the world. And communism is so bad that it did that to Russia. Mm. It is so bad that it is putting China into what looks like a demographic collapse. Mm. I mean, everywhere. So, I mean, this is, I mean, these are my geopolitical hot takes, I guess. Yeah. Right? These are like things that <laughs> we're here for. It, yeah. You know? Yeah. I hope, right. I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't hope for I'm saying for, I hope you guys are entertained by these yeah. takes. But, so, I mean, communism can't work. It clearly can't. You cannot find a system better suited for human selfishness and self-interest than capitalism. Right. It just works. Which is <laughs> uh, is a double-edged sword, yeah. to and, be sure. And the church is the only institution, I believe, that can hope to stand against it. Mm. And not through the force of arms, not through the force of the dollar, but through the force of the spirit. Mm. You have to give, you have to sacrifice, you have to fight not for your, or your rights, but your responsibilities 
this is why, like, I think these are voices, why voices like Jordan Peterson are becoming more popular. Right. Because, I was just going to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's he's occupying that space. He's speaking to that. People are hungry for it. They mm-hmm. don't even recognize the because they're so consumeristic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, even, maybe even to bring this whole uh, thing around back to, to young adults, um, I mean, this is a good place to land it, is um, right now our generation... Uh, my generation, like Gen Z, we're kind of waking up to this. Yeah. And there's this this movement. I mean, you're familiar probably with red pill movement and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And there's a lot of gross exaggeration in in, in that movement. There's stuff that is not biblical and extra scriptural. But there are a lot of people who are now in this modern uh, scenario yeah. trying to adopt more traditional values and in roles mm-hmm. in, in like in society and, and realizing like, Hey, all this, this modern consumerism, all the, this, this ways of to consume products, to consume mm-hmm. entertainment, to consume, consume, consume mm-hmm. is so destructive to the soul. Yeah. And this is not just people in the church, but outside of the church too, Yeah, which is encouraging yeah. because of, how much the Bible has to say on this. Totally. Like bear your cross, Mm -hmm. sacrifice. Mm -hmm. It is on the other side of that, that salvation is on and people are Mm -hmm. starting to wake up to that, Mm -hmm. which is really beautiful to to see. It is. It is. I think obviously the pendulum always swings. Totally. You know what I mean? It's definitely a reaction. And that's where, it's a challenge because I think in the future we might be we might be seeing like that kind of a movement, and then there will be other, <laughs> yeah, extremes that we will have to grapple with. Mm-hmm. You know, Andrew Tate comes to mind, and <laughs> oh, everything gosh, that represents yeah. you know everything that that represents. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think unequivocally, the church has to be prepared to condemn those individuals, mm-hmm. but at the same time identify the real overlooked, the gaping wounds of our society that mm. people like him are speaking to mm. um, and specifically yeah. to young men. Right. Like, yeah. and that's where, um, but I, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm cynical enough to say, you know, it, everyone talks a big game totally. until it comes to the, the totally. point of like Mike Tyson says, right? he's like, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> you know? And <laughs> yeah. I think like, it's such a good quote. It's such a great quote. I think until the bite of sacrifice catches up to you, it's it's a tough. I mean, it's a tough road. Jesus, it's a, it's narrow. It's it, it's a narrow it's path. A narrow path. Man. So it's tough. So let's bear each other's burdens, right? Amen. As we carry and I I think um, the scripture says really well. It's like, do not envy sinners. Mm-mm. Do not envy their wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been reading so much about that in Proverbs, and mm. uh, man, like the way of Jesus is just so much better than the way of the Amen. world. Like, come on. I mean, and it's one thing to say that, but it's another thing to live that. Amen. And so maybe to, to bring this to a close, I would love to bring you back and talk more about this sometime. This has been really oh, awesome. Man. But um, dude, Lundy, thank you so much <laughs> oh, for sitting dude, down. Yeah, thank you, bro. And like, Dude, for episode number one, baby. Is that right? This is the first this one. This is the first uh, yeah, one, yeah. man. Wow. Dude, it, well, what an honor. I, Dude, I'm honored, man, <laughs> that you would uh, take the time and just tell us about your story, tell us about mm. your hot takes and uh, 
everything that the Lord is doing in mm. you, through you, and even in spite of you, man. So thank you, bro. Like, yeah, love is, you, man. Thank you. Is there any um, final word that you are something that you would like to leave with us? Oh man. Um, well, let me just say again, like how how privileged I am to be here, and I I just yeah, dude, I love seeing you. I love I love seeing what you're doing, and I love the the steps that you're taking. And so I think just probably is um, if if this. I love the heart that you described of, of, of the church of tomorrow, right. And yeah. like really trying to speak into that and, and, and to maybe stoke that and to mm. say, Hey, rise up. And so, you know, for you, for me, anyone who's listening, I mean, the spirit of Jesus is calling and it's not for a lack of resources that the kingdom of God doesn't inv- advance. It's for a lack of workers. Mm. It always is a lack of workers. Mm. The fields are white for the harvest. So get in the action. There's a lot of work come to come around. Come on. And so we need you. So we need you. Yeah. Get out there. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that looks like. So get involved with a ministry, a, a church. Come on. Pursue a podcast, whatever it might be. Lead with the heart of Jesus um, to lose your life for him and you'll gain it. So. Amen, dude. Dude, what a note to leave it on, man. Dude, <laughs> we'll have you back again okay. sometime yeah, soon. Bro. Good, we'll, would love, love to have you, brother. Yeah. But thank you so much, you guys, for uh, listening to episode number one, Better Church, Inc. Uh, looking forward to uh, having some more time with Lundy and uh, more interviews in the future. So uh, if you're interested, just uh, give us a follow and uh, support us online. I don't have anything up at this point, so I'll probably record over this. <laughs> But uh, thank you so much for listening today, you guys, and we'll see you again next time.